Happy New Year, church. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what um, before I start my sermon, I, I, I want to give a little shout out to somebody that changed my life in an amazing way. Today is my first granddaughter's birthday. She's seven years old. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Charlie. A New Year's baby, yeah. Today we're going to be jumping in, and in, in, in typical church, uh, we, we come to church on New Year's Day, and uh, we're going to give you a New Year's sermon, all right? You know, when the New Year happens, I don't know about you, some of you guys, 8 o'clock, you were already asleep, you didn't think much about it, it's another day for you, but for those of you who stayed up, maybe you contemplated, like, what's the New Year going to bring for me? Maybe you're praising God, saying, I'm so thankful 2022 is over, and some of you guys are like, man, I would like to hold on to 2022, because 2023 means that I'm getting a little bit older, and I don't want to face that, but the fact is this, church. Most of us, what we do when a new year happens, we establish maybe goals, don't we? We establish goals. We make those New Year's resolutions. Some of you made them last night at midnight. Here it is, 10, 11 o'clock. It's 11.15 right now, and you already broke them because that happens, doesn't it? But see, we make goals. Some of our goals are secret. Some of them, they're straight up front, and, and we want to accomplish this, we want to accomplish that. Man, there are 10 very popular New Year's resolutions that so many people make, and, and they go like this, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get organized, I'm going to learn a new skill or a hobby, man, I'm going to live my life to the fullest, I'm going to save money, spend less money, right? I'm going to quit smoking, and I'm going to spend more time with my family. Those are the top 10 resolutions that people make every New Year's Eve. But I want you to think now on a Christian level, for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, there is, I'm just going to give you one, the most popular New Year's resolution for a Christian is this, I'm going to get closer to God this year. I want to get closer to him. James chapter 4 verse 8, it says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty. Listen to this, church. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Isn't that true? We feel pulled, don't we? We feel torn. God's calling us over here, and the world's going, hey, I'm still here too, right? We, we feel stretched in that. Today, what we're going to be talking about for today's message is talking about getting closer to God. We're going to talk about getting closer to God, and we have to understand this, though, church. We have to understand in order to get closer to God, you and I, we have to be devoted followers of Jesus Christ, a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. See, we're devoted to a lot of things in this world, aren't we? We're devoted to so many things, but, but what does it mean to be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ? Webster's Dictionary defines devoted as this, very loving or loyal. Very loving or loyal. Last year, I think it might have been sometime in October, we had to, we had to put down our family pet, Zora, beautiful little black lab, loved that girl to death, and, and, and she was the epitome of loyal. She was. She was so sweet. She was one of those dogs, like, when you would walk out of the room, she would get up, 
and follow you. Sometimes because she wanted food or snacks, right? She was curious what you were going to do. But she would just follow you. you. You would go sit down on the couch. She would jump up on the couch. One of them dogs, I got to be laying right against your leg. There's a big, long couch here. But I want to be laying right beside you. She was very loyal. She always wanted to be with you. She always wanted to play with you. She was a constant, right? Her presence was constant when we were at home. And to be devoted, to be means very loving or loyal. And as followers of Jesus, church, we are called to be devoted, loving, and loyal to Christ Jesus. And so, I mean, um, listen to me, church. I'm talking about fully devoted, all in. And so Jesus is the one, he, he said this, church. He said this first. In Matthew chapter 6, if you'll look at this with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and I've used this verse so many times preaching from the pulpit. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I'm stopping right there. Did you hear what the Bible said? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He didn't say, hey, when you get time. He didn't say maybe later, right? He says you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And it says, and then all these things will be added to you as well. So you seek first. You seek first his kingdom, church. You seek first God. And when we are devoted, listen to me this morning, when we are devoted to God, when you and I, when we are devoted to his kingdom, then all those things, church, all the things that you are searching for in your life, I'm talking about the things that matter to you, the things that bring fulfillment, the things that make a difference, right? When you seek first, then God brings fulfillment in your life, because he changes our thought process. He changes our hearts. The things that are important to him become important to us. And this is why I say, church, I will seek first the one who matters most. I will seek first the one who matters most. You know, church, we are called. I am devoted to Jesus. I, I am devoted to Jesus, and I will seek first the one who matters most because I'm devoted to Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to be devoted to Jesus this morning? I want you to get this. What does it mean to be devoted to the Son of God? It means this. We're going to look at the book of Acts today. So if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 2, but I want to give you some context of what's going on here, a little bit of background, right? See, when we look at the first century believers, right? When we look at the first century believers, right after Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected from the grave like he said he would. Then he ascended to heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. So then when all the believers were together, the Bible says, God sent this wind like a mighty storm, and the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so the question is, what did the first century followers of Jesus Christ, what did they devote their life to? What is it that they were devoted to? Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 43. Verse 42 starts out like this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. So it says they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves, church. They were all in. They were paying attention. They were digging into this. So they devoted themselves to the teaching, right? 
They devoted themselves, the Bible says, to the fellowship. And this is something I, I think that we need to understand. Number one, I'm very thankful. When the pandemic was going on, I was very thankful for um, we were able to live stream. We really were. We were able to live stream and, and we could do that. But now what's kind of happened is a lot of people, you know, they're just chilling with that. You know what I've noticed as the preacher? When I see you at Walmart or if I see you at the gas station or somewhere and you haven't been to church in a while, you don't realize this. As soon as I make eye contact with you, your face turns funny. You don't, I'm looking at you, I see it. As soon as you see me, you're like, oh man, right? You're panicking, you are panic stricken, you are wearing it on your face, and you're sitting there. I know what you're doing, I can see your mind. It's flying, like, what am I gonna tell him? Why haven't I been there, right? And, and so I'll go up to you, like, and, and sometimes I'm sitting there going, all right, do I let him off the hook? Or do I make him squirm some more, right? And, and so I'll go to you, hey, how you doing? Hey, I've been watching online. That's exactly what you do. You don't even wait for the question. I've been watching online. I'm like, yeah, I know you have because guess what? I can see everybody that watched online that day. Don't you fib to me. I can see it. Mm -mm, don't you do that. But they panic. They're panic stricken about that. But church, I want to tell you something. There is something about us getting together and fellowshipping. That is why God's word tells us, we are supposed to. It strengthens us. It makes us stronger as a body of believers. We feed off of each other. I mean, it's nice. If you're sick and you can't get out of bed, by all means, you should be watching online. But if you want it to be a PJ Sunday, mm -mm, that ain't cutting it. No, you, you need to come to church. You need to be here. You need to be fellowshipping together. Now let's get back to it. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Church, they were devoted, it says. They heard the teaching of the word of God. They fellowshiped together. They broke bread, and they were completely devoted to prayer, church. It wasn't that like, like where you just pray real quick before you eat. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking they were devoted to prayer. They were spending time with God. And here is the result. Here's the result. The Bible tells us about everybody around them, church. Everybody around them was filled with awe for the many signs and the wonders because God was doing something. They could see this. They recognized this. They were all devoted to the things. Listen, church, if you're writing stuff down, it, they were all devoted to the things that brought them closer to God. You want to get closer to God? Seriously, if you do. Listen, you devote yourself to the teaching, the word. You devote yourself to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and don't you dare forget church prayer. You want to be closer to God, that's where it is. See, these people, these guys, they were seeking first Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness and then God added everything else, church, and they were a very effective in ministry because they devoted themselves. That's how it works. The Bible even tells us later on that, that non-believers looked at them and was like, wow. The non-believers, those who didn't believe in Jesus Christ, they looked at them and they were like, wow, these people, they are so full of love. They're full of love. So many miracles were happening and it was born 
out of the fact that they were seeking first who matters most. That's how it shook out, church. They were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to prayer. And they were devoted to the fellowship and the breaking of bread. Now, the Greek word translated as devoted, it means ongoing is what it means. It means ongoing. It's continuing to go on. You know, I'm devoted to my wife. I'm devoted to my family. I didn't just say I'm going to be devoted to you the day of our wedding when we stood in front of the church. You know, I'm still devoted to my wife. It's ongoing. It's continuing to grow and to prosper. And God, it calls you the same way. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it is to be ongoing. It's not a one-time devotion, but it's an ongoing, continual devotion. Accurately translated that they were continually devoted. It was constant. They had a single-minded, ongoing pursuit of Jesus Christ. That's how it worked, church. We seek First, the one who matters most, and then we continue, church, to seek the one who matters most. So think for a minute. I want you to think for a minute and imagine, imagine this verse right here, this verse written, the one about the first century Christians. I just read it to you, and how it will be written for today's Christians. I want you to think about this for a minute. Maybe we would call them cultural Christians. Maybe we will call them casual Christians. You know the type, right? You know the type. I hope you don't fall in this classification. It's the kind, the ones who are kind of like, well, I, I, I believe in God. I, I, I believe in God, but you won't see it in my life. You, you won't hear it in my life. You know, I might go to church. I might go to church on Christmas and Easter. I do go Mother's Day too because you don't want to deal with my mom if I don't show up on Mother's Day. It ain't good. I'll, I'll go those three times a year. You know, and, and morally, man, morally, I try really hard to be a good person. I kind of believe in God, but, you know, I don't know a whole lot about him. Church, that is a casual Christian. So imagine if this verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, was written about people today in their devotion. So I want to read to you Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's in the MCV version. It's the modern Christian version. And it goes like this. They devoted themselves to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued self-centered life of comfort and ease. I really think we could say this. By the way, church, there is no MCV. Don't go looking that up in your Bible app. That's all made up. Don't you dare look for it. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't want you to feel silly. Listen, I don't, I don't mean to be rude to you this morning. I don't, I don't mean to nitpick anyone, but the people I described, these people, these people that, that they devoted to themselves, they, they are continually and passionately pursuing self-centered life of comfort and ease. Church, they're all around us. They, they really are all around us. And the people I described, these are people. These are people that I like to be around. I enjoy these kind of people. And they have normal, everyday desires. They have the same desires that you and I have. They want to be like church. They want to be comfortable. They want to be popular. They want all that. Let's talk about this, church. This is normal stuff. 
It's normal stuff for all of us. We all feel that way. We all have those desires. You know, you have those desires like, I want to finish school. You know, I want to have a job that, that I love. I, I want to marry a little hottie and, and have a, a nice house. I already did that, okay? <laughs> I want one day to travel. I want to travel the world. And, and, and when I die, then I can go to heaven. That's a modern-day Christian version, church. You realize, church, that you have 168 hours a week. God gives you 168 hours a week. It is your life. That is something you get. He gives that to you. And if you are devoted, think about this. If you're devoted to something, you spend your time doing that. Whatever it is you're devoted to, you're going to spend your time doing that. So where do you spend, church? Think about this. Where do you personally spend your 168 hours in the week? I'll break down some of it for you right now. See, we spend about one-third of that 168 hours on our time sleeping. You need it. You want to grow up to be a big boy and a big girl, you need your sleep, okay? Some of you, your beauty sleep, you need to get caught up on that, okay? You really do. Joking. Sleeping, it really is. It's a good thing. Then we spend another third of our time. Another third of our time, we spend that going to work or or going to school if you're a student. So you spend a third of your time sleeping, a third of your time working or going to school. Now that leaves us with 56 flexible hours, okay? Now for those of you who are on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, any social media, the average American today spends 17 hours hours a week on social media. You know, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, look, they had toasted cheese for supper, right? That's what you do. You just sit there and scroll through. You get caught up in it. So you're spending 17 hours a week on social media. That leaves you with 39 hours left for other stuff, right? And for those of you who have kids, you got to take your kids everywhere. I mean, they're going to dance. They're going to gymnastics. They're going to football, baseball, basketball, karate, piano, tutoring, whatever it is that you are running your kids. And you know what? When you're running your kids that much, that means you got to buy extra gas in your car. So you're spending more time at the gas station. And, but other than that, now you have to go buy your groceries, don't you? And the groceries that you bought, you now have to cook those meals. You're cleaning your house. You're paying your taxes. You're paying your bills. You are mowing your yard. You are binge-watching TV. You're hanging with your friends. You get the picture. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, with all that being said, you've got one hour left. You've got one hour left. Oh, wait, we're Christians, right? So we're going to give the churchy answer. That last hour, I'm going to give that to God. I'll come to church, right? That hour goes to God, but obviously, church, some of us spend maybe more than an hour with God. I hope you do. But some don't even devote one hour to God in a week, and yet we call ourselves Christians. Church, let me state the obvious to you. If you invest one hour a week into anything, think about this for a minute. If you invest one hour a week into anything at all, you're probably not going to grow or improve very much in that one thing. If you exercise one hour a week, but yet you eat whatever you want, you're probably not in your peak physical condition, okay? You're really not. If you spend one hour a week in the same room with your spouse, your marriage, it's really not going anywhere. It's not. 
You're not going to do it well. If you study one hour a week on your classes, you definitely are not going to be the top of your class, and you might not even graduate. So church, if we are only partially, think about this. If we are only partially devoted to God, if you only spend a little bit of time with God, only when it's easy, only when it's convenient, only when we don't have anything else to do. If you're one of those families like, hey, are we going to church today? (laughs) You're not fully devoted, okay? Shouldn't be a question. It's no wonder, church, if you are giving God what is left over, it's no wonder we keep falling back into our same old sins. It is no wonder that we keep struggling in our lives. It is no wonder that we very rarely share our faith. It is no wonder that we are more concerned about what people think about us. And it is no wonder we find ourselves lukewarm and wandering around in this world. And even wondering, is there anything more to life? If we only give God what is left over, in church, we have to ask ourselves, are we fully devoted Christians? If you're only giving him one hour, if you're giving him the leftovers, are you a fully devoted Christian? Think about this. You have a plate of brownies at home, okay? And you got a big family. And you tell, you're the head of the household. You tell someone, hey, you make sure you save me a brownie. And so all those... <laughs> Those locusts that you have in your house, they swarm on those brownies, right? And they leave you all the crumbs. Yeah, sure, if you squish them together, you might have a piece about the size of a quarter. They didn't save you any, did they? You got what? The leftovers. Church, how many of you are doing the same thing to God? You are only giving him the crumbs of what's left over in your life. See, because it it happens this way, if we fully we live our lives fully devoted to the other things other than Jesus Christ, your growth in him, it's not going to happen by accident. It's not. Because all the other stuff seems to take over, doesn't it? You ever realize how busy you can be actually doing nothing? People say, oh, I'm so busy. Ask him to break it down for you. (laughs) Seriously. Ask him to break it down for you. See, because all the other stuff takes over, and it's not, church, that we were doing life, and accidentally we become powerhouse Christians. It doesn't work that way. If you are going to be fully devoted to Jesus Christ, it will never be an accident. John chapter 15, if you'll look at this with me, Kim Halfhill and I, we really looked at this verse for a little bit this past week. I love this verse. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, it says this, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. This reminds me of that little riddle that Paul threw out to that time, right? I know what I should do, but what I should, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let's break this down a little bit. Church, listen, Jesus is the vine. Get it. Jesus is the vine, and you are the branch. 
Jesus is the vine, and you are the branch. And when the branch is connected to the vine, it produces fruit. So when you, the branch, are connected to Jesus Christ, who is the vine, you will produce fruit. And you're like, preacher, what kind of fruit are you talking about? It's spiritual fruit. And what is spiritual fruit? Galatians chapter 5. We're going to cover it today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, he said. So church, if you are a Christian, you the branch are connected to the vine. You're going to produce fruit, and that is the fruit. So I ask you today, church, are you displaying this fruit? Are you displaying love? Are you displaying joy? Are you displaying peace? Are you displaying patience and kindness? Man, are you displaying gentleness and faithfulness and self-control? Are you displaying those things? How many of you sometimes look at your life and say, man, my life's empty? I feel like my life is empty. See, church, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your life used to be empty. It used to be empty, but now, church, you became the branch that is connected to the vine, and so now you should be producing fruit. And you read, if you read, going back to John chapter 15, when you look at this, there's a word that keeps popping up in there. It's remain. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. And over and over again, he keeps saying the word remain, and the word Remain in the Greek means to abide, to dwell in, to, to live in. That's what it means. And so this is not just one hour a week duty to God. That's not what it is. You know, I got to do my Bible time. I got to go to church to please God. You should. But it doesn't stop there. You need to do that stuff. But you need to be fully devoted. Church, I'm talking about all in. I'm talking about fully devoted to the one who matters most. It's that, that thought process like I will seek the one first. I will seek the one first who matters most. But see, the branch, you are the branch. You have to be connected to the vine. And if you don't stay connected, do you know what you are? You're a dead limb. You really are. You're not going to produce you're not going to produce anything. You're a dead limb. And that doesn't turn out well for you. See, you'll lose your life source. So we have to stay connected to the life source because Jesus is the vine and you are the branch. So we've got to stay connected. And the Bible tells us in John, remain in him. Remain in him. So how are we going to live this out, church? How are you and I going to live this out? First, you will do this. I will seek first. You will seek first, church. You will seek him out first. You will decide a time that you're going to connect with God. You decide a time, you decide a place that you're going to connect with God. Man, it can be lying in your bed at night or in the morning. I'm going to connect with God right now. You know, it, it could be on your way to work, your commute. I'm going to turn the radio off. I'm going to just focus on him. I'm going to talk to him. Wherever it might be, then you decide a plan. You figure out the time, you figure out the place, and then you got to have a plan. How and what will we use to connect? 
God's word, number one, church, that is the greatest way to connect with God. And you're like, well, I don't have time to sit down. You know, I can't read while I'm driving. Do you realize the Bible app will read to you? It'll read to you. You pick your verse, you read, and it'll, some sweet guy will sit there and just read it all to you. Then maybe you can connect in sermons. Maybe you can connect, church, in a daily reading plan. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's worship music. Maybe it's the sermon that you just heard today that you can listen to it again later on in the week. But church, we seek first the one who matters most. And when you seek Jesus first, you know what happens? Weird things start to happen. The world's going to tell you, that's weird. He convicts us. He convicts us on what we're doing wrong. He can fix us of the things we shouldn't be saying. He can fix us of the things we are doing and shouldn't be doing. And so what he does is he starts to make you display some of these weird things. All of a sudden, you're going to start being nicer. You're going to look at what's wrong with you. You know, what do you want from me? You're going to be nicer. You're going to be more loving, right? You're going to be more generous. Man, you're going to start to have some joy. Don't you dare confuse happiness and joy. Happiness is when you watch your favorite TV program. Joy is that feeling that God gives you that is down in your heart. No matter what's going on in your life, you still feel that joy. There's a difference. He starts to give you words to say, church. He he starts to give you all these things. And so what happens is God doesn't just get what's left over in your life. Instead, God is your life. He is in all of it, church. He's in all of it. He's not a little part. He's not some little compartment that you keep him in and you let him out every once in a while. I'm talking about he's your everything. I mean, you're talking to him. You're listening to him. He begins to impact your life. He starts to give you wisdom. Some of you need some wisdom, church. What is it that matters the most? As I ask the praise team to come up here this morning, What is it, church, that matters the most? It should be your relationship with Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, do you realize that he comes before your spouse? He comes before your children. I know you love your kids, but he comes before your children even. Do you realize the Bible tells us your life is but a vapor? I used to think that was an old man saying, you hear, man, it goes fast, boy. You better pay attention. I'm like, you're old. Now I'm saying it. <laughs> See, your life, it's like a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. It's gone quickly. So think, church, about what matters most in this life. Church, what matters most in your eternity? So I ask you this question one more time. Are you fully devoted? <clears throat> Are you fully devoted to Jesus Christ. I'm talking about he's your everything. That you understand who he is. You understand what he wants to give you. Church, he wants to give you an eternity. He wants to give you a hope for a future. And that future is with him. And what I love about Jesus, man, he always makes it simple. We make it hard. In John chapter 14, he's speaking to his disciples. He says this, do not Let your hearts be troubled. He says, you trust in God, you trust also in me. I'm right here with you. 
you trust in me. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm gonna go there and prepare a place for you? Jesus, don't lie, church. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me so you also may be where I am. And Jesus says, hey guys, listen, you know the way to the place I'm going. And Thomas, one of his disciples, he, he had the guts to say it, right? He's like, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we possibly know the way? And Jesus answered so simply and so beautifully. He said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's what he said. So this morning I ask you, are you getting close to him? Are you getting closer to him? For those of you who do not have a right relationship, I want to tell you something. You can begin to get closer with him. Do you realize you are only as close to God as you want to be? He's not elusive. He's not hiding from you. You are only as close to him as you want to be. And I believe this morning he's calling people out. He's calling you to come home and he's saying, listen, I have plans for you. And it comes through a right relationship with me. And so if that is you this morning, you are not right with him. I'm talking you're not fully devoted to him. Today you can make it right. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to know everything. You can't sit there and say, he'll never forgive me for what I've done. He will forgive all of us for everything that we've done. And all you have to do is confess to him that you screwed it up. The life that he gave you, you made a mess of it. Because listen, church, all of us fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter three tells us that. Every single person, you mess it up every day. You confess those sins to him, you ask for forgiveness, you invite Jesus Christ in your heart, you follow him in Christian baptism. And listen, church, he'll get that room ready for you. Then you will have a hope for a future. You don't have to fear, you don't have to be troubled anymore because you know the end game and where you will spend eternity. If that is for you, come forward today. Let people pray with you. And for the rest of you believers here this morning, seriously, listen to me. How close are you to Jesus Christ today? Are you a casual Christian? Are you just kind of winging it? Are you giving him the leftovers? It's time for you to make that right. God wants fully devoted followers. And it comes by you saying, Lord, I'm surrendering it all. Use me as you want to. And then you follow him every single day of your life. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. But I want to encourage you to respond this morning.